0: Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're so glad to be in the service tonight and hope you enjoy the Word of God. So we're going to open our Bibles up to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 4, and we're going to minister tonight. I, you can call it anything, but I'm going to say, Consider Not to Stagger Not. That's a strange title, but the stranger the more provocative is. Romans chapter 4, we're going to read in chapter 4 in verse... Seven, seventeen. this is so powerful romans chapter 4 as it is written i have made thee a father of many nations so god says that it's done before him whom he believed even god who quickeneth the dead raise the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were so here we have uh the hallmark of the operation of God, how he operates. He quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. Verse 18, who against hope, now we're talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Would you say that part with me? According to that which was spoken. What was spoken? So shall thy seed be. That's what was spoken. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he, the Lord, had promised, he was able also to perform. Powerful, just powerful there uh, to get us a primer on faith. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. Uh, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised, as he had been promised. Has God promised you anything? Ah, it's the whole New Testament. He's promised it. So numberless shall be your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question. Concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong as empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Isn't this good? Hallelujah. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Yay. The New Living says in verse 18, that's where we're going to look here for a minute. Who against hope believed in hope. New Living says even when there was no reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping, look, believing that he would. Believing that he would be the father of many nations, even when there was no reason for hope. So we're fixing to get a scalding here, a little thrashing, if we uh, have backed up and been, been weak in our mind or been saying, well, why me? Or the devil's big or troubles are big and everything. We're fixing to get what God thinks about faith and somehow think, that if it's not working, you know, how come my face not working? Maybe we fell from the standard that's in Abraham's life. The passion, you know we had to get that in. It said, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise, I like this, and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. Say that with me. He took God at his word again. He took God at his word. Wow. The father of faith. How did he do it? Well, you know, it it was this and it was that. No, he just took God at his word. The message translation. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. I, I tell you, any one of these, we could go to town. The easy to read translation, there was no hope that Abraham would have children, but Abraham believed God and continued to hope. Wow, that's good. So um, we see here that it says in the King James, who against hope believed in hope. It's the same word in the Hebrew, but it's talking about natural hope, who against natural hope believed in supernatural hope. It's just from a different source. it's hope, but it's out of your head, a natural hope, and out of the spirit. Uh, he went from natural sense hope to heavenly expectation, and what was the what was the source of him going from one to the other? Every bit of it Now, we get away from this sometimes. every bit of it was the Word of God. That's all he had. I'm telling you he was a, you know he was a, a sheep herder and a goat. Gitter and whatever they did back then. There, there wasn't any downloading this and getting the CD set of that or watching the DVDs over here and getting your Apple computer lined up. It was rough. I, they didn't think it was rough, but all he had was the Word of God and it was enough. And that's what we always have to do is peel back the peripherals of all the things that we go, well, I've got this going and my kids are that and my job is this. All we need is to do what Abraham did, which was to believe the word. So this promise, I, I I'll just read it to you. It's in Genesis 15. This promise that Abraham had that got him from the possible, the impossible, to the possible. What was the promise? It's it's uh, it's two verses in Genesis 15, verse four and five. It says, "And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir." But he that shall come forth from thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And this is because Abraham fussed a little bit and said, I don't have anybody. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars that if thou be able to number them, and he said to him, so shall thy seed be. So that was that specific promise. But there's a whole book of them for us. So it's, that was the, that was, there was no Bible then. There was no written thing. So God just took him outside and said, looky, looky. They say that you can't uh, see but a thousand stars. Of course, there's billions times ten billions times ten billions up there. But we can only see, that the naked eye and whatever, about a thousand. He said, I'll beat the hound out of that. And now we know all of Israel and all, the, and all of us, our, our children of uh, did. So here's the question we all got to ask because we got to apply this. It doesn't reading stories about Noah and Goliath and and Red Sea and all that. It means nothing. It's historical unless we apply it to us. It it, It doesn't help you. It doesn't advance your life to know what happened historically in the Bible. Unless you can say that was a pattern for me, an example. And so I should go and apply my life the same way. So how did Abraham switch? from having no reason to hope to being assured and confident. Because if I can know that, then I can plug me in in my life where there is no hope. Financially, there'd be no hope, maybe. Medically, there'd be no hope. Relationally, you would say, that's dead and gone, no hope whatsoever. And that's where Abraham was. He was 100 years old, although when he started out, he was just 75 he was just a young pup when he started out, but by, by the time he got to the end of this, he was 100, it took 25 years to go through this. So uh, what, what took him from, from against all odds to expectation, where he didn't just go, well, this is impossible, he went like, this is going to happen. You know, there's a little model right now that's in the earth where uh, people have prophesied that that the president's not going to leave the White House, that he's going to be affirmed as, the, as uh, the next four years. Well, that seems impossible. I mean, it just looks like that can't happen. And you watch the news, they pretty much say it's not going to happen. But there's people out there that they're the only voice that uh, in their part of the world, they're saying it's going to happen. So I'm real tuned in right now to see... See the hand of the Lord, because it's one thing to say, I knew it. I had it written down here, and after it's over, you say, I knew it. It's another thing to have your whole reputation stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. This is how it's going to go. Just an interesting thing, but there's lots of things going. So verse 19 tells us why he was, how he was able to do this. So, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. He considered not. He considered not. The Passion says, the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child, he considered not. He just said, what's that got to do with it? And sometimes you got to ask yourself, when you're facing something, you'll say, what does that have to do with the price of beans in the Philippines? It has nothing, and therefore, that's the same thing with me. The Message says that Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. So, uh... We know that scripture in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, while we look not at the things which are seen. So it's where you focus. The word is take aim there. Look not, take aim, don't take aim. We look not. So what you look at is what you're going to have. I tell you all the story about this, and it's amazing to me still, that uh, when we first moved to Tuscaloosa, 97, I got a, a bug. I was just 42 years old. I was a youngster back then, hallelujah. But I I found me a Honda magazine, and I took a page out of it. You know, it's a printed thing. Put it on my filing cabinet, put a magnet on it, and stabbed that thing. And I looked at it every day. I didn't stare at it. I didn't long for it. I wasn't saying someday, some way. But I did look at it every day by incidents just because I was sitting down. And that, when I came home from Tulsa that time, she had bought me that motorcycle, and she did not know it was on the filing cabinet. Or anything, and then I, after that, I ran that thing around for about two years, and I wanted something to get out on the interstate. Why I don't know, but it was it was a, and so I put me another picture of a Goldwing up on the filing cabinet, and uh, Smith Cycles called me and said, uh, "You've been asking about a Goldwing. We've got one now." And I went down there, and it was exactly the same motorcycle that had been on my filing cabinet. What you're looking at is what's coming. So be sure that you're in the right room when you open your eyes because that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to have. He considered not. So just think right now. Let's just take a little self-test at this moment and think about what you and I have been thinking about. What have we been looking at? Because there's plenty of negatives. There's plenty of things that you could say, this is what's wrong. If we could get that going in the right direction, then this would get better. It might, but it might not. One thing we've got to learn in the kingdom is that, that uh, uh, an event does not always trigger a corresponding natural event. It works on seed time and harvest. You put corn in, you can expect it. But just because they give you a pink slip at work does not equate to going hungry in four weeks. You'd say, well, of course it does, because this and because of that. Well, we've got to get out of that little lockstep thing that says, because of this, we'll have this. We're in a natural world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And so those things are subject to change. We look not at those things which are seen, but those things which are not seen. And that's what we have to do. So um, Abraham, the only thing he had I mean, literally, no books, no no, anything. He had God speak to him and say, I'm going to give you a promise. And at the time, in, in Genesis 15, he was complaining. He said, I don't have a child, and Abimelech is going to get all my stuff. And he was complaining. And God said, we've got to straighten this thing out before you go too far with these words, and took him outside. So you and I sometimes need to let God take us outside and get... That's something that you've always seen, but never seen. I would go down when I lived in uh, Hinton Place, and we'd go driving down the road slow, and I'd go over there, and I'd, I'd look, and I'd been there, I was there 16 years, and I'd look at a house, and I'd say, where did that house come from? And it'd be like, I never saw it before, and it had been there longer than I had been there. So, we look not at the things which are seen, We look at the things which are not seen. And so Abraham got in faith based on the word that he received. Listen, that settled the challenge. So every one of us have challenges in here. Everybody, if you don't, well, then you're just not in faith for good things. If you've whooped every bad thing and you've got everything settled, then you're supposed to be believing God for increase so that you can do the ministry, the work of the kingdom, so you can be where plenty more There's plenty more where that came from. So, uh, uh, when Abraham received the word that settled the challenge, didn't have any particulars, no details, didn't know how it was going to happen, but God gave him his word and said, this answers your question. Well, there's an answer for you and me in here, everything. Instead of wringing our hands and consulting and counseling and and uh, asking people and, and thinking about things at night, we gotta find we gotta look in here and find the answer that settles the challenge, because that's where faith comes from, and faith does the impossible, amen. So what is the what is the adversary? I was thinking about this. What is the adversary of of uh, confidence or assurity? Fear fear is in there. But even simpler than that, it's time. If we had what we believe for by in the morning, time wouldn't be a factor. But what if you were like Abraham and you were 25, 24 and a half years out and you still had the promise, what would be the thing that the devil and the circumstances would use against you? It'd be time because he would say, the devil would say, it's been a long time. And sometimes we think a long time is the weekend. I, I've been in faith for five days. Where is he? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what that means. So time is the adversary of confidence and assurance and staying on track. Anybody can do anything till the weekend. We can, we can burn every bridge that won't go there. We, we can be on fire till the weekend, maybe two weeks, maybe all month. But what happens after six months? And the symptoms are still there, and the need is still there, and the person is still mad at you. Time begins to work on us. There's no time in heaven, and so it doesn't work on heaven, doesn't work on God. Because He's already got the Word, and He knows how it's going to end. If we knew how it would end, we'd have a confidence. Time erodes our confidence in how it will turn out, how it will end. Because then you begin to question yourself, well, did I hear from God? Is the promise true? Well, did I mess it up between then and now? And I've, I've got off track, and God's mad at me, and I, He's not going to do anything. And so you want to reload or whatever. Time is the unsettler of the soul. When you are thinking about time, you're unsettled in your soul. Now, one thing we can see about Abraham, he did get unsettled one time, didn't he? he had a little. Had a little fling with Hagar because he 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 wasn't he not trying to get out of it. He just thought this is probably how God's working because it's been so much time, and he thought, well, <laughs> God can do this anytime. So if He hadn't done it, it must be He's waiting on me. What could I be doing? And he he entered into a plan that time didn't bother God about. So we have to when we get unsettled in our soul, we got to know. It's been too long for our amount of faith. So what do you do? You've got to go back and revisit the Word, reload the Word. You go, I know this Scripture. I know this promise. I know everything about it. You've got to go back and shut yourself off and get back with that promise and just feed it in over and over. By His stripes, I was healed or whatever. And you just start cranking it in, looking at it in 1,400 translations and considering every part of it and you get the promise refreshed, and then you know you can go another lap. I've always had trouble. I'm doing a lot better now that God would tell me things, and I would think it was for now. Like, why would he tell me if it's not for now? And so it must be for now. So here I'd jump up with no prayer, no preparation, no waiting on the supply line from uh, the unseen realm, and I'd be out there, and you'd be like... You you think you had your pajamas on and you're out in the front yard and all of you look down <laughs> and you forgot your britches or something so it's like ah oh, we got to we got to get get back on track so uh, so this amounts to we got to cherish the promise we have been looking I'm just talking about me jump in if you are looking at situations that have nothing to do with the promise. The promise can cut through anything that comes up. No matter how challenging, no matter how impossible, the promise can take you to the end. But what do we want to do? (laughs) We want to deal with the issues that we're thinking make the promise untenable, that it's not going to happen as long as it's going on, And, you know, if he marries her, well, then that's not, then then I can't have her back and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't work. What does Ephesians 4.27 say? Neither give ye place to the devil. So time is where the devil works. If we could all say, I believe I received today and have it in the in the in the, at breakfast the next day we wouldn't he wouldn't have that much to work with, but time he does now i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something here let's let's look in ephesians chapter three, and then I'll give you my little revelation, my little thing that got me going, and you can do with it what you will, but got me going. And you know, as long as they let me up here in front, whatever gets me going is what I'm going to bring. Uh, It says in verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above, you know, gosh, what could God say in the English language that would say, that's not quite all of it, that above all that we ask or think, the word think there is to understand, according to the power of. Say that with me. According to the power that worketh in us. Well, that's powerful. What is the power that worketh in us? It is, but Holy Spirit's been working in a lot of born-again people and couldn't get anything going. Jesus went to his hometown and could do no mighty work there, and yet Holy Ghost was everywhere. The, the, uh, The key here is... Choosing to believe is the power of God. It's my choice. Did you know it's my choice? I could be distracted for 24 hours today. The promise would be right there laying on a golden platter saying this is the key that opens every situation. Michael, it'll open everything in your life. But I could say I'm real busy right now. I'm real distracted right now. And so I choose not. I'm passively, I'm giving assent to the promise, yeah, 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 by stripes I'm healed, I believe that right, but until it becomes the power of God, according to the power, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above according to the choosing to believe, isn't that good, according to me, in other words, the key is in my hand, not in his, so Abraham, a lot of his waiting time was not on God's side. It took him a while to choose to believe. And then he had Sarah that laughed and all that's associated with that. They were pioneers in the faith realm, and so they were working stuff out. Ephesians 3.20 in the Word, God's Word translation, says, Now to him who by the power that is working within us, now to him who by the power that is working within us is able to do far beyond, what we could ask or think. The power that's working in us. So it's not God's in control. It's Michael that's in control. It's joy that's in control. So if I want something to happen, I'm not waiting on God. He's ready. So I might have to work things out of unbelief, of uh, hurt, experience, of, uh, of being offended. Uh, needing to forgive people, I may have to work that out before I can choose. I I do that to choose to believe, but it has to go. If I want to work in the... Now, I can have the the, uh, blessings of God, but if I want to work in the supernatural realm, the impossible realm, I have to choose to believe. It's not passive. It's not a casual observer. It's activated and in pursuit. The uh, cotton patch... I dug him out now to him who is able by the power energizing us to exceed all our fondest hopes and aspirations. My point in these translations is the power that's in us is subject to us. I choose to believe and the day that Abraham chose to believe was the day started. It started working. It was a very supernatural event. And so he stayed in faith. Abraham stayed in faith. How did he stay in faith? He got in faith by the word, by the promise, but he stayed in faith by not considering his own body. So it might be for you, if, if it's a health issue or something, it'd be your own body. Symptoms and prognoses and and uh, inheritance and DNA and all those things that they tell you about. Or it might be financial. You go, I don't have a skill and I'm $50,000 in debt, and it's impossible. He had to consider not. All the things in the past, all the the attributes that were against you, you have to consider not. Now, here at River Church, we've had financial breakthrough over and over and over. We should have been gone, gone a long time ago. I mean, I know y'all don't know, but on the other hand, all you got to do is sit here and say, in the natural realm, why how are we still here he has He has made a way where there it's been impossible, and we we're not we're not poor mouthing, we're not barely getting along, we're not just getting by. We do anything we want to, and then we believe God for the next round. hallelujah uh so he stayed in faith, he got in faith by choosing to believe the promise. But then in the time lapse between that initial getting in faith, and that's where we all have to go, he stayed in faith by daily or often considering not his own situation. So if it's been two weeks and you're still on the promise, by his stripes I'm healed, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich, and you're on the promise. But then things start bombarding you in the time lapse. And so then you have to take a posture that says... I'm considering not. And it's an active posture, I think, where you actually measure things that are coming and say, I'm not gonna I'm looking not at that. So what does that mean? That means sometimes you have to quit being around people that are looking at that. So it's like, well, who's that? Sometimes it's your dearest and and most precious. And you go, but they keep they keep taking aim at my situation and I'm considering not. In order to have success at it, I'm going to have to draw myself aside or put some sort of thing in my life so that they can't influence me to consider. You have to draw aside. You have to get new friends. you got to go to church. I mean, if your church is, is helping you, you got to stay in church. You can't be sitting at home, well, I'd go to church, but I just am, I'm worried about my situation. <laughs> That's not it. I'm just too depressed to read the Bible. My, my, you'd say, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Yes, they do. I've talked to them. I've talked to them. Uh, so how did he obtain the promise? So he got the promise by uh, believing, choosing to believe. He stayed in play by considering not his own challenge, the whole reason that he was there. But he clinched the promise or brought the promise in by staggering not at the promise of God. The time lapse will make us want to say, is God really faithful? Is His Word really that powerful? Does that promise really cover the depth and the length of my situation? And then, did I mess up the promise? Did I do something and God said, ah, you're disqualified, you get out of here? We think these things, all of us have, and it shortcuts our uh, faith. So he obtained the promise by staggering not. Here it is. He had no plan B. He had no plan B. When you want to stagger, you're looking for plan B. You're saying, Hagar's around here somewhere. Let's get this thing done. Get on the road. I got sheep to tend and goats to buy. And he staggered. But he was, uh, he was in the Hagar situation. He was tempted to help God and say, you know, Lord, I, this is a natural thing. Uh, here's how people say it today. If God uh, God gave us a brain to think with, hear that all the time. It's just carnal as it can be. It's just so natural. No, He didn't give you a brain to think with. He gave you a brain to smell the bacon so you'll know when to go to supper. Show up at work because you've got a brain to tell you it's 8 o'clock coming up and you better be there. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. So how do we stagger not? We stay strong in faith. How do you stay in in faith? You, You wash yourself. You hear and hear the word, and you stay with people that are also in the challenge, and you have testimonies. See, Lisa's testimony tonight, it helped all of us. It's already worked for her. She's already got it. She doesn't need to share that because it's like it's already worked for her, but we need it. And there might come a time, and surely there will, that she'll say, man, I'm feeling lowly. And somebody will jump up and say, this is what God's done for me. And it's like that's the answer, the testimony to get us through so we stagger not. The word stagger means, in the Hebrew, it means to separate thoroughly. So we're talking about staggering here, not stagger not. But staying on the positive, it means to separate. So you would only stagger when you were... Separated from what kept you walking straight. So to stagger not means you never stumble. You're never separated. It means to withdraw from, it means to oppose, to decide, or hesitate from doubt. So anytime we hesitate, anytime we have doubt, we're on the verge of staggering. It means to cease to be wholehearted. We need friends, we need the body of Christ. Because if you quit being wholehearted, you're not far from staggering. Abraham staggered not. It means to waver after judgment. So that means you think about it too much. I'm thinking about, well, this has been a long time, and I'm thinking about Jojo. Uh, he had this si- same situation, and, and, and God healed him in three and a half weeks, and, and he's all up and testifying, and here I am. It's been three and a half months, and I still don't have anything. Well, that means that you would waver after judging the Word, to be different, not a respecter of persons, or a respecter of persons. So, uh, the TEV, today's English version, hallelujah. His faith did not leave him, and he did not doubt God's promise. His faith filled him with power, and he gave praise to God. Now, you can tell what people are doing, but what they're doing. The word says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth the mouth speaks." You can tell people if they're in faith by just listening to them. You give me your purse, and in 45 seconds, if I can find your check register, I can tell you if you're in faith or not. Pretty much, what you do with your money, you go. That's impossible. Oh, it's fail-proof. It it, it 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 never it never uh, lies about that. So. Uh, his faith did not leave him, and he did not doubt God's promise. His faith filled him with power, and he gave praise to God. We were talking the other day uh, about people that there's different forms and different uh, postures towards praise and worship. And uh, I can just tell you, if people come to church and that's, they want to dance, they want to spectate, they want to they watch... Yay, we're all in. But just don't say that you can be a worshiper if that's the first time that week that you've been in worship. You cannot worship in public unless you worship in private. You can't run the Olympics if you just show up for the every four-year showdown. You've got to be out there on the track every single day. And a worshiper, a praiser, is doing it at home, in the car, in the dishes, all the time. So then when we come to a corporate setting, we're able to bring that to a, 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 an apex, a, a, a collection there of all of us together. Well, it's the same thing with faith. If you can only believe God when you're at church or when other believers, but you never extend yourself at home, then you're going to have a hard time. You are staggering at the promise of God. If you only get up when you come to church and hear testimonies and hear the Word and you get all excited, but by Thursday night, you are trashed. You're not going to make it. We have to have each other. So I wrote this down. To have the impossible done in your life, you must have an impossible assignment. You know what that means? It means if you can do it without God, you will do it without God. If it's possible, if you can figure out a way to engineer it, even though, even though, we give God all the praise, well, he, he's getting all the glory. But if it's just a fine line between mental assent and say, "I got this," versus, "There is no way in God's green earth that this could happen without God moving a supernatural thing in my life." So anything that is possible, even though it's hard and convenient, Hard and inconvenient, anything that is possible, even though it's hard and inconvenient, is just life. If it's impossible and you engage it, it's spiritual life. It's faith. So, every one of us, based on that first thing, to have the impossible done in your life, you have to have an impossible assignment. If we, if you, if all of us don't have an impossible assignment in our life working right now, challenging us, making us uh, look not at those, uh, uh, consider not, excuse me. If we have something where we're going, I consider everything, it doesn't change anything in my life, well, you don't have an impossible assignment. It's like, we got this. It may take a while, but we're going to pay off the house. I got a 30-year mortgage, might take 30 years. Woohoo, we're glad. Pay off that little puppy. But don't say that God moved in it and more than just you went to work and you got it. Do you know what I'm saying? If you say, I'm going to pay this thing off in three years and you owe 150000 on your house and you make uh, 30000 a year and you're eating, you're eating all the groceries you want, it's impossible. You say, well, I don't have anybody like Uncle Jack and I don't have a, it doesn't matter. The impossible is made possible. I wrote this down. This is without, this is right now, this is one of my favorite things I'm working on is without a story, you'll have no glory. And it's talking about Faith. You won't ever go anywhere in life that you worked and walked in the supernatural, in the miraculous power of God, unless you extend yourself into that place, unless you put yourself in a place where you're believing God for something that cannot be attributed to man. It cannot. Like Lynn said, you know, he he broke his ankle the other day, and we prayed, he prayed, went to bed, got up the next morning, and he's going to work. Broke the ankle. I saw it. It was nasty. So uh, didn't I see it? We all saw it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know what he was going to do when he took his shoe off. Were you? <laughs> so you go, well, that's impossible. I remember when uh, Colin broke his arm and just wailed and cried, took him to the doctor. They took x-rays and said, come back Monday when the swelling's over. We prayed over the weekend and uh, Monday they, they couldn't find the break. That's the kind of life we want to live. But you've got to be over there where you have a thing that says, I'm considering not. I'm withdrawing from the atmosphere that considers because I have to consider not. And then we stagger not. It comes after you've considered not and it's like nothing still happened. But you choose to uh, what the word calls here to believe the promises of God you are refreshed, you're with people, you're in the Word, you're praising Him. Thank you, Lord, for healing my foot. Thank you, Lord, for helping me pay off my house. Thank you, Lord, and you're a praiser. Then when you come to church, you've got a testimony, and it's awesome. Amen. You must have testimonies. You must have victory testimonies to stagger not at the promises of God. We need to hear somebody else say, yeah, I believe God. And you go. So if you don't have... We, we, we love testimonies here. We were reading the Word there. Now we're reading out of a book of things that I have seen or miracles I have seen. Uh, we read our little book about uh, the four things that make an atmosphere for miracles, testimonies that are just amazing. Those things are like putting a fresh coat of paint on you every service when you hear them. You get clean and fresh again, and the yuck comes off. There's a residual thing like a computer that breaks down over time, and you have to reboot it because it goes crazy. The same thing happens in all of us. same thing happens in children. Uh, rebellion is, is, uh, is uh, bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction. Every once in a while, you just got to go in there and fan their little backsides, and then they're, they're happy, you're happy, and everything's happy. Hallelujah. So uh, there's a degradation that all of us experience through time. Amen. Amen. Hope that blessed you. It blessed me. I, I got, I'm in a place right now, I guess I always have been, but like, I need to be believing God. I got things that are on my plate. It's like without Him, there, there is no path. There's, there's no path. They've told me there is no path for you. Hallelujah. I got a path. <laughs> Amen. So Lord, we thank You right now. That every one of us has a testimony, because every one of us is working through a story, and therefore the testimony is our glory that God hath done. We thank you right now for putting us together all over the world, all over, that, Lord, our testimony is adding to the full, and we're all buoyed up, we're all increased by hearing of the wonderful works of God. We thank you for exploits in the days ahead, and we already consider that 2021 will be a day not so much that we will need the miraculous, the supernatural, but that we'll be ministering it, and Lord, it will work every time, and our confidence will be demonstrated in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Praise God.